Welcome to Fandom Night, the show that opens the treasure and always gets a monster in the box. I'm your host, William Bush, known as Reploid Bill on most every single channel that I run. Okay, today I'm going back to The Amazing Spider-Man. We're going to continue where we left off. This will be Amazing Spider-Man 3, but before we do that, Let's get the contact information out of the way. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by Facebook. I'm Bill Bush on Facebook. Google, Google Plus, I'm William Bush. If you would like to contact the actual website in general, Reploid Productions, that's no space, at gmail.com. There's that. I am reploidbill at gmail.com. Or you could... Also, go to our group page. That's Reploid Productions on Facebook. Just a group page, and that's where a lot of the discussion happens at. Now, I believe that's everything. If I miss something, I'm sure I'll get it in the next episode. Oh, we are available on Podkicker, iTunes, uh, YouTube. We're actually available in a lot of different places, like five or six different places. eBlogger. So... If you're going to look for us on anything like that, it's going to be Reploid Space Productions. So there's going to be a space in between the two words. Most of the time, there's not a space. Let's go on with our Spider-Man. This one is the one where Dr. Octopus shows up. Now, right here on the cover page, you've got Spider-Man. He's kind of being held by Dr. Octopus, and he's like, oh, no. But... It shows him, it says, America's most exciting superhero captured by the world's most dreaded supervillain. Which, I gotta be honest, I never cared for Dr. Octopus. I know he's supposed to be something special, but the thing that always got me was he's just a dude. So, after you get through the arms and you punch him once, he should be done. He should be no more durable, probably less durable than some of the thugs that Spider-Man beats down, but whatever. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, our very first page, of course, shows that the Human Torch will be in this tale. And it shows Dr. Octopus, and he's in the very back, and his arms are kind of reaching out to you. And that's kind of neat. The story was done by Stan Lee. The art was done by Steve Ditko. And the lettering was done by John Duffy. All right. The very start here, we see these guys, they're ripping off a safe, and the spider signal comes down and hits the floor. They all turn around and see it. They're like, oh my god. And then, now the spider signal, for people that don't know, that's another thing on the belt. Remember how I said there's a flashlight connected to his quote-unquote utility belt? That's actually this really ridiculous thing where he pushes the button, and it throws out like a picture of his face, like the spider signal. That's another one of those things. He was 15 years old. So most of the information he was getting for being a hero would have come from comic books like the if, if there's Batman and whatnot in his universe. That's where he was getting the ideas from. And that's just, this is part of that. You can tell that he is still a kid. He's still learning to be a hero. Spider-Man jumps down off the building and beats these three guys up, webs them and leaves them for the cops. As the cops show up, He's holding the spider signal against the wall, and it says, Look, Joe, Spider-Man's been here. Okay. We then go to our next scene, which is the Atomic Research Center, where Dr. Otto Octavius 
is in the process of performing an experiment. It is an atomic experiment, of course, and that's the reason that he uses the arms. Now he's behind this glass shield thing, and the arms come out and they work for him so that he doesn't have to be over there exposed to it. But it says nothing is ever perfect, not even the product, not even the projection. Uh, Look, I can't talk. It says nothing is ever perfect, and the unsuspecting atomic genius conducts his experiment. But the warning, alas, is given too late. And then there's a big explosion. And it shows these guys in hazmat suits picking him up. Uh, he's in the hospital. He's sitting there. And these uh, these mechanical arms are now grafted to him. Which, which is not just the arms. It's like this big, giant metal thing around his entire stomach. And they can't get it off. They're telling him that... Uh, the radiation has caused has caused them to adhere to his body in some strange way. So the doctors don't know what to do and they can't take it off. They tell him to rest. But he's mad. He says they're just jealous of him. Uh, they want to keep him from his work. He gets up. He's, he's angry. He's throwing his little hissy fit when he notices that the arms move. And he says, he says, I did it. My arms did it, and he reaches out, and he grabs these bars, and he pulls them off the window. Now, I don't know why there are bars in the window. He, I imagine he was taken to a hospital. It doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't say. Finally, the injured doctor recovers consciousness. It never says, but anyways, he's in this room where there's bars on the window, which makes no sense. Because you imagine he would have been taken to a hospital. But anyways, he rips the bars off the window and he goes out the window. So now he's escaped. We then cut to Parker, who of course is... He is at the Daily Bugle, and I believe he's selling shots. After he sells some shots, he gets, he gets an indication... Says, uh, I want pictures of the injured scientist, Dr. Octopus, but no one is allowed to enter. Because it's a private hospital. That's so Jay Jonah gave us that bit of information. Parker says, just have a check ready for me when I bring back pics of Dr. Octopus. He turns into Spider-Man, hops over the wall, climbs up the, uh, cl he hops over a security wall, then climbs up the wall of the building. He's so happy, he's like, I'm almost there, this is the easiest money ever. But when he gets there, his arms are reaching around this room, and he's got these doctors held captive, and he's telling them about this experiment. Says, uh, they're asking, can they please be let go? And he says, not until I'm ready. With my powers, no one can resist me. You'll remain to serve me until I no longer need you. Spider-Man, of course, hears this. The doctor tries to stand against it like you can't hold us here. He picks the doctor up and throws the doctor. And Spider-Man's seen enough. He swings into the window, crashes into the window, and stands against him. Of course, here's one of these terrible jokes. Dr. Octopus says, Spider-Man? And he says, well, I sure ain't Albert Schwarzer. Wow. Funny. Anyways, the fight then takes place. Dr. Octopus flings his arms down, 
and Spider-Man jumps up, but another arm comes across and hits him in the face. As he, as he falls to the ground, he uses his web to web up two of, the two of the arms, and then the other two come from the side as he's getting up. He tries to avoid them, but he can't, so he has to grab the two arms. While he has the two arms, Dr. Octopus snaps the line and then grabs Spider-Man by the arms and feet. He can't do anything. He tries to struggle with all of his might, but the arms are just too strong. Dr. Octopus brings him in and slaps him in the face and throws him out the window. Utterly humiliated, Spider-Man just doesn't even try to go back inside. He just simply agrees that he is defeated. This must be the end of Spider-Man. One simple defeat, and he's ready to pull, he's ready to quit. Which comes back to what I've been saying all along. Spider-Man is a 15-year-old child. And just like in losing a game two or three times, you get irritated, and you're like, I'm not even playing this stupid game anymore. And that's why people don't beat Ninja Gaiden. Well, Spider-Man is the type of kid that doesn't beat Ninja Gaiden, at least at first. Now, Dr. Octopus, of course, he makes way to the Atomic Research Center again to get some of his materials to complete his work. He breaks in, throws a couple of the workers out, uh, turns all the power on, shuts the doors, leaks irradiation gas into the facility so that people can't get to him. Says, uh, uh, and then he also sets up electronic barriers. So these people in hazmat suits are trying to get in, and they come across these electronic barriers, and they can't get to him. At the time, we see Parker, and he's moping to himself. He gets a call. Mr. Jameson, no, I won't be able to get those pictures of Dr. Octopus. No, I probably won't be able to get any more. Sorry. Yeah, goodbye. So he basically gives up completely. Aunt May wants to know what's wrong, and he tells his aunt that it's just nothing, his own personal problems. He goes back to school where everybody's making fun of him, and of course, that's his life. Everybody makes fun of him, everybody gets on him. He has to go to a school demonstration where Johnny, the human torch of the Fantastic Four, is giving a speech at the school about how he never gave up. Somehow, this actually makes Parker realize that he can't quit, he says, it's almost as though he was talking to me. He's right. Golly, he's right. And he goes up to the Human Torch and he tells him, Thank you for that speech. I'll never forget what you said today. It meant a lot to me. And he's like, uh, sure, fella. Glad you enjoyed it. He immediately rushes back home and puts his uniform back on, gets his utility belt and everything, goes out and slingshots himself over the fence and onto the roof of the Atomic Research Center. He then gets inside the building, because the barriers don't really mean anything to him if he goes through the roof. We see Dr. Octopus working, and he figures out that Spider-Man is there, so he turns some of the machines on, and the machines, like, come to get him. Which is weird, because you wouldn't think that these machines would be like this, but they're, they're like, firing projectiles, and, like, this big arm is reaching out at him, and things is falling from the ceiling, and he's ducking and dodging everywhere. Which is a little ridiculous, because in the Atomic Research Center, I'm not 100% sure why this is happening, but, like, they're firing electric bolts and crap at him. Anyways, he makes his way through. When he gets to an area, and he says, I've got to move fast, it won't be long before he finds me. He finds a small chemistry set, and he creates a new weapon. 
He fills these vials, caps them, ties them all up into a single line, and then he runs out into the open. He's got them all wound up, and he sees that Dr. Octopus sees him first. Now, because of the spider sense, he gets alerted, but it's not fast enough, and he gets punched in the face by the first arm. He then has accidentally dropped these vials of things that he was going to use, and with the other hand, he swings the other vials up. They spin around, hit the arms, and melt the arms, kind of fusing the arms together. So now two of the arms are stuck as one giant circle arm, and the other two are free to fight Spider-Man. Now with that out of the way, Spider-Man can move around a lot better. So he jumps around, tries to web up one of them. It doesn't work. The ground is smashed because now that there's just one arm, he's using it like this giant mace almost, just slamming it down on the ground. Spider-Man dodges that and then tries to lock up Dr. Octopus's other two arms. He does kind of a leg lock and then holds the other one with his arm while webbing the doctor in the face. The doctor is mad, blasted, I can't see. And this is when Spider-Man takes his advantage. He brings himself close on purpose, and through Dr. Octopus's reactions trying to retract his arms, he doesn't realize that he's pulling Spider-Man in instead of, instead of protecting himself. Spider-Man gets close, and by the time the doctor gets, uh, gets his glasses off, he realizes that he's right in his face. He tries a normal man punch, hits Spider-Man right in the face. Bink! That's not enough. Spider-Man puts him down in one blow. Hoo-bam! Done. He's done. Now that is the way that a fight with Dr. Octopus should work. Now as time goes, this will change, where the Doctor will take a ridiculous amount of damage from Spider-Man, which is something that I don't just, I just don't see that he should be able to do that. He webs up the, he webs up the Doctor's arms. As the soldiers come in, the soldiers see the spider signal, and he says, uh, it's the, it's the sign of Spider-Man. There he is. He's waving us to come on. Careful, pal. No telling what's going on. You're telling me I'm going to shoot first and ask questions later. Spider-Man jumps off the roof over the fence and runs towards the city limits. As they find Dr. Octopus all tangled up in a web with a tiny little Spider-Man picture, like, stuck to him. Spider-Man climbs up a, a building... And I'm not 100% sure why he knew this, but he climbs up the building and gets in where this doctor is. And at the exact time, at that exact moment, the Human Torch is in there and he's doing something. He says, great doc, I want to show my partners in the Fantastic Four that I can tackle Dr. Octopus alone. Okay. Spider-Man, of course, gets into the window and says, I already did that. Uh, Spider-Man might have been finished today if it wasn't for you. And he's like, what? So then Spider-Man jumps out the window after thanking the Human Torch, and the Human Torch has no idea what's going on. But as the end, you see Parker and all of his quote-unquote friends, which I don't know why he would associate himself with these people at all, are standing over to the side. The Human Torch flies by, and it says... Wish Spider-Man was still around to join me in this show, but I don't know where he cut out to. The next page is a little thing of Spider-Man doing a web. It says, from your pal Spider-Man, I think this was a pin-up page. But if you would have cut it out to pin it up, you would have lost the other page behind it. 
that's also never made sense to me. I still see those in comics sometimes today, and I'm not 100% sure like who's cutting their comic book up and making sure they can never read it a second time. The next story, because if you remember, we get two stories per book, is The Sandman. Nothing can stop The Sandman. And this, this picture looks pretty cool. It shows a bunch of cops shooting at The Sandman, and they just go right through him, and Spider-Man's punching into him, and he's just all sand, and he's kind of his arm is kind of breaking and falling across Spider-Man's head and back. And it just it looks really cool. It really does. It's pretty sweet. It says, uh... It shows just uh, the impossibility of fighting him. It says, how can Spider-Man defeat a foe who cannot be injured? At the very start, you see Spider-Man looking over a sign. The Spider-Man Menace, a new series by J. Jonah Jameson. Looks like old J.J. is still, still gunning for me. He jumps down and he sees these guys who look like they're about to rob this bank. Well, this store, I'm sorry. He jumps down, he webs these guys up. And then the guys are like, uh, oh, okay, I get it. He webs them up, they pull the webs off, and they're like, if you're thinking of putting up a fight, brother, don't warn, don't, uh, don't make me warn, uh, sorry, let me warn you, Spider-Man says. At this point, these guys are like, a fight? The only fight I'll put up is in court. I'm suing you for assault and battery. <laughs> and he's like, I got witnesses. So this is ridiculous. They start calling to the police, and Spider-Man takes off. Now, this is one of those things where you can't actually do anything until a crime has been committed. And this is one of those weird things in our society. It's an ethical question. And they were kind of tackling it. Not perfectly, but kind of tackling it. The idea basically comes down to, even if you know that they're going to steal, you can't do anything until they steal. It's illegal... For you to just run up, beat them down, and take them to the police. Because then you're the one committing a crime because they never did anything. They may have had intent, but they didn't act on it. And just because people feel like they want to punch you in the face, that doesn't mean they did it. They can't be in trouble for feeling like they want to punch you in the face. So this is one of those things like that. And Spider-Man comics are trying to tackle an ethical question. Was it right because Spider-Man knew that they were going to do it? He could have stopped them. But it's also, by society standards, it's wrong because they didn't actually do anything. And what if Spider-Man was wrong? What if they were walking by, looking in, and they just happened to look a certain way and he judged them like that? So, he then sees the Sandman crawling across the top of this building. He's kind of climbing up a fire escape. And he says, that fella climbing frantically to the roof must be the one these cops down here are looking for. He jumps onto the roof, tries to grab him, but he pushes Spider-Man away. Spider-Man gets mad and tries to grab him again, and he turns into sand and falls between Spider-Man's arms. He then sands back up into a standing figure, and Spider-Man tries to punch him in the chest. He goes right through his chest, and then tries to go again to the side of the face. When he hits the side of his face, Sandman makes the sand particles so tight that they feel like he's hitting a piece of iron. He almost breaks his hand, and then Sandman does this weird stomachy push move where he reforms himself, and his stomach comes out and hits him, and he falls into this bunch of wire things that are set up. I'm not 100% sure what this is that he falls into. 
when he falls, his mask breaks off, and he realizes that even if he did catch the guy, the guy would know who he was, and that would be the end of everything for him. He runs away, trying to hold the mask over the back of his head. He says, I've got to get away. I can't take a chance on him recognizing me. Sandman then jumps off the roof and reforms and walks down the street, forms his hand into a key, opens a bank cell, goes inside and takes money. Spider-Man goes home to work on his mask. At this point in time, it says that we bring you a special bulletin. The dreaded Sandman has been reported in our city. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Sandman's background, Channel 17 presents this brief summary. A few months ago, he was an inmate on, pri on Island Prison. Wow. Inmate at Island Prison. Yeah. Anyways, it shows how he escaped. He, he runs and he fires and he ends up on this atomic testing ground. The atomic bomb thing goes off. Which I'm not sure exactly where he was because this is kind of messed up. Atomic Device Testing Center is where he snuck in to try to get away. And this atomic bomb goes off. At least that's what it looks like. And somehow he turns into sand. It says that his... Uh, by some incredible accident, the molecules of his body merged with merged at the radioactive instant. It actually says that. Merged at the radioactive instant with the molecules of the sand under his feet. So that's the explanation they gave back then. Now you see Parker at home. His Aunt May comes in the door, and it kind of scares him, so he puts on a robe real quick, trying to look like he's just sitting in there and he's sick. He gets under the covers, and she says, Oh, you do feel warm. She leaves to let him rest. He then sees more news reports on TV throughout the day while she's taking care of him and realizes that he has to get out of here, and he has to save, he has to save the city. He lets an entire day pass, having to fake that he's sick, finishes his mask, goes downstairs and tells his aunt that he's all better. She sees him off, and immediately goes to J. Jonah Jameson's place and pulls a practical joke. He webs the bottom of J.J.'s chair so that when J.J. sits down, he won't be able to get back up. He then walks in later on to find J.J. with no pants. <laughs> Mr. Jameson, I've been sort of busy. Here's your pants, because Betty gave him the pants outside. He puts on his pants and he says, Listen, Parker, I want pictures of Spider-Man. You've managed to bring great stuff in the past. Now, if you can't deliver, I'll get someone else who can. He says, I wonder if you could give me an advance on this next check. An advance? Are you kidding? What do you do this? What are you going to do with this money? Eat it? And it's, some of it's just not funny anymore. I mean, it might have been back then, but it's just not today. But anyways, he throws his standard fit, and it's kind of like what you see when he asked for an advance in, I believe, the second movie. And he was laughing at him. <laughs> what, you're serious? He then goes back to school, gets tormented by kids, tries to ask out a girl. He says, uh, he tries to ask her, Gosh, Liz, I'm sorry, I can't... Oh, she tries to ask him, Hello, Peter, will you pick me up tonight? And he says he can't, and then she gets mad and walks away from him. They were trying to do, like, a study thing. Says, Gee, don't be angry. I have to study for tomorrow's exams, and 
Peter Parker, you're the top student in the class. If you can't spare even one evening for a date, then I'm sorry and goodbye. Okay. Now, at this point, you see the Sandman. He's running away from these cops. The cops are trying to get him, and he turns into, like, this snake thing. Kind of wings by them. And then he says, uh, hmm, a high school over there. Looks like a good spot. Nobody will ever think to look for me there. So he runs into this high school and jumps into this class. The, 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 the teacher just turns around and he's like, it's the Sandman. Look here, pal, I'm Principal Davis and I demand to know. And he basically tells him to shut up or he'll punch his lights out. He grabs the guy with one hand and draws the other back to do a punch. And at this moment, Spider-Man does this leap into the room. This flying Superman punch, almost. Knocks him right down. Now, he's incredibly durable because of what he is. Says, uh, now they end up fighting in this, in this classroom... And, of course, you have this inner monologue here where a lot of the kids that make fun of Parker are now cheering for Spider-Man. He says, wonder if they cheer so loud if they knew it was puny Peter Parker. The fight starts. He goes to do a punch, but he realizes his Spider-Sense tells him that if he was to do that, it wouldn't work. So he grabs the back of his head, almost lightning fast, and does this wing thing, almost like a German suplex type of deal, and throws him through the door. At this point, he turns. Sandman turns his arms into these bricks and starts pounding the walls and the ground everywhere while Spider-Man jumps all over the place. They break into another room, and Spider-Man jumps up against the wall and throws down a whole bunch of web, trying to lock him in webs. He turns into sand and phases through the webs, and then he gets a big giant hand and slaps at Spider-Man, but Spider-Man jumps through this door to avoid it. He goes back to the brick hands, and he's hitting the walls, and Spider-Man notices that he's missed. He tries to take advantage of it and punches Sandman in the chest. Sandman hardens the sand around the area where he punched, and now Spider-Man is stuck. He starts headbutting Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's down to his knees, doesn't know what to do. He reverts to another suplex move, breaking Sandman's face against this pillar. It's like a pillar thing to a staircase. He realizes that it won't be long before the Sandman gets back up. He stands and tries to get his thoughts together, but it's not fast enough. The Sandman traps Spider-Man's feet and then jumps over Spider-Man in type of a type of an almost ball shape, webs up Spider-Man in his own type of sandy web, crunches into a ball, and then rolls down these stairs. Spider-Man, at the end of the staircase, hits the wall, and it breaks the Sandman apart. He's able to get away for a minute. He jumps up and grabs a power drill. <laughs> Tries to power drill the Sandman. He's just getting desperate at this point. The Sandman turns into sand. And he holds the drill inside of Sandman. Spinning it all over the place. Now, the Sandman stays in sand form. So as not to be hurt by this. And decides to go ahead and brag. Still not convinced, huh? Okay, go ahead and waste your time. Well, Spider-Man notices this industrial vacuum over at the side, grabs the vacuum, and he. this guy says, What's that? What's that? Oh, okay. So, you want a diploma, eh? He says, What's that got to do with anything? He turns around, turns the vacuum on, and pulls the Sandman's particles into this vacuum. Now, somehow, 
the Sandman is not strong enough to escape the actual vacuum. He's stuck in there. He forgot to take pictures, though. So he comes up with this ridiculous idea, and J. Jonah Jameson is a friggin' idiot. He goes over to this thing in the school, it's over to the side in, the, in this bottom room that they're fighting in, he grabs a bunch of sand out of this four-only-fire thing. It's like a big giant bucket. It says, for fire only, it's a bucket of sand. He throws the sand into the air and dives through it and then throws sand into the air and does a punch through it and get, takes those pictures with his timed camera. He then goes and sells those pictures to J. Jonah Jameson. Or at least he will anyway, sorry. He realizes the cops are there and that if they find him inside the school, he'll be in trouble. So he rushes back into the school and turns himself into Peter Parker just as J. Jonah Jameson is getting inside and realizes he sees Parker. He walks up to Parker and he says, So you were hiding in the school, eh? Good boy. Did you get any exclusive pictures? And he says, Here's the film, Mr. Jameson. Didn't have time to have it developed. And he says, That's all right. Don't worry about it. I'll take the cost of the developing out of your pay. Then he goes in, uh, of course, he blames Spider-Man for the whole thing. He says, if Spider-Man, if Spider-Man had let the police handle the Sandman, could have been, could have been, okay, this is really weirdly phrased. He kind of threw me off. Jameson, Jameson says, if Spider-Man had let the police handle this, Sandman could have been starved out of there and captured with no fuss. I don't understand that. I really don't. But whatever. Then going to the next, you see Parker. He's got a good piece of money now, and he's all excited. He can't wait to take Liz out. He says, there she is. Wait up, Liz. Liz, at this point, basically tells him, what is it, Peter? I happen to be quite busy. He says, gee, don't be angry, Liz. I just wanted to tell you that I can take you out tonight after all. Really? Perhaps you should declare this a national holiday. Sorry, Mr. Parker, but I made other plans. At this point, Flash intervenes and he says, Meaning yours truly, punk. Now run along and find your umbrella. At this point, Parker is pretty pissed. He grabs Flash by the shirt and draws one of his hands back. Says, you brainless loudmouth. You've insulted me for the last time. He realizes what he's doing at the last second and he lets him go looking like a wimp, because just at that moment when he let go, he was, of course, talking crap. Well, well, so the worm finally turned, eh? Okay, worm, I've been waiting for this. He lets him go and walks away and says, forget it, you're not even worth the trouble. Sure thing, chickening out. Now everybody laughs at him, and Liz goes off with, Flat, with Flash Thompson to have a date. This leaves Parker standing alone on the street corner with his umbrella that he doesn't even need. And everybody's talking about the Human Torch over to the side here. Uh, it shows people, says, uh, Spider-Man captured that awful Sandman. Well, according to the editorial, Spider-Man is just as bad as the others. Jameson writes, Spider-Man has no business trying to catch criminals by himself. So he's hearing all this bad stuff, and then all the little kids that are sitting down there are talking about, I want to be the Human Torch someday. So he's got no respect at all. He goes home by himself, takes the mask off, sits in his room by himself, and basically broods. Can they be right? Am I really some sort of crackpot wasting my time seeking fame and glory?
says someday the world will understand. This is the third issue. And while I'm not 100% pleased with the issue, it's not a terrible one. The next issue is kind of a weird one. He's actually going to end up against Dr. Doom, which I don't feel he has any business going against Dr. Doom. Well, I've been doing these little Spider-Man things, and the new movie's coming up. I'm really excited about the new movie, and one of the things that I find interesting is there were some people that cried about the costume in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, and even though I understand this, I, I, I let a lot of it go, because the costume, to me, has certain fundamentals that have to be the same, but I wasn't necessarily offended when they decided not to go with the 100% duplicate of the costume. For those that cried about it, though, it is interesting to see that just like in the comic books, Spider-Man is slowly developing into what he's going to be. Like, he made mistakes in the first movie. He realized that he was just being vengeful and not being a hero. Little things like that that were pointed out to him that made him a better hero in the end. Well, now, you'll notice that on this new movie, he's wearing the classic suit. All the little posters and whatnot that I've seen shows him in the actual Spider-Man costume now. So my guess is he's had time to develop and become who he's going to be. So this has probably been going on for a year or two or something like that. And we're going to see a new supervillain come up to test his complacency as he's probably become more complacent over time as he's gotten used to it. For anybody that wants to talk about the new Spider-Man movie, I'm going to be putting a topic up on the Reploid Productions fan page. That's, of course, Reploid Productions at, on Facebook. So you can look that up, and you can come in there, and you can talk with us about the new Spider-Man movie coming out. I'm excited about it. I'm hoping you guys are excited about it, and I'm hoping to hear from you. So this has been, this has been Fandom Night, and this has been another issue of Spider-Man, and you'll have to stay tuned for issue four later on.